Hello. I'm Mr. Ed. And so? A quiet, humble, respectable Negro who has had the unmitigated temerity to feel sorry for a white woman has had to put his word against two white peoples. The defendant is not guilty, but somebody in this courtroom is. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's the Dave Juskow Podcast, the amazing, brilliant podcast of the mind of Dave Juskow. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. That's right. I can't believe I just said it. I'm doing a little Austin Powers on this lovely Wednesday afternoon, July 15th. That's when I'm recording the show. You know I like to record on Wednesdays. I like to record on Wednesdays, go out on Thursdays, maybe do a little stand-up comedy. That's what I'm plotting. Stand-up comedy, everybody. I love it. Of course, anybody that listens to this show does. I hate it. But sometimes it's important to get the word out. You know, try some material for the podcast, because other things about the podcast. That's right. It's just me and Selena tonight. And I'll tell you why. In fact, I'll tell you with this. Because I don't know why I think of this kind of stuff all the time. This is why you love the podcast. Yes, Phil. Incidentally, uh, why are you wearing that? Combination of factors, really. Uh, no clean clothes. There never will be, you know, unless you actually clean your clothes. Right. Vicious circle. Yeah. Combination of things, really. That's the way I'm thinking. Combination of things. Why am I alone today? Combination of things, really. Now, why does Dave Juskow, when he says combination of things, really think of one tiny scene that nobody's ever thought of from Notting Hill? Well, that's why you love the podcast, people. Am I right? I don't know. That's what I do. That's what I do. I think of stuff like that. But a combination of things, really. I wanted to have another guest today. You know, after I finish the show on Wednesdays or Thursdays, whenever I do it, I... I never want to think about it again. I get very uptight, and then I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's okay, whatever. And then over the weekend, I'm like, nobody wants to do this show. I don't want to ask anybody. And then on Monday, I get a little more more brave, and Tuesday, I definitely feel like I'm like, no, I'm going to ask somebody to do the show. I'm going to ask somebody. You know, it just works out in this vicious cycle, really. Culmination of things, really. But today, so I was going to ask, I don't know, it doesn't matter what I was going to ask, but I was going to ask somebody, and I really wanted to have another guest after I thought, Rachel did a great job. I thought we were great together. I really liked last week's podcast a lot. In fact, um, I liked a lot of it so much. I, I, I'm upset with her microphone. You know, that's my, that's on me. I, I just need to, um, you know, I just I have certain settings and I keep them. And I, even though I try it, I'm like, well, talk more, talk more. And it just wasn't going up. And I don't want to put it up too much where there's a hiss. Because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I do the best I can. But... Um, so I thought that was a really good show. So I was like, oh, let's have another guest because it's fun. But um, the, her headsets weren't working properly. Like, you can only hear it in one ear. And afterwards, I tried to fix it. And I'm like, oh, I think the headsets are broken. I, I think it is broken. But, you know, I only have three pairs. One that I purchased myself, two that Memo gave me. 
and the two that Memo gave me aren't working well. So I, I didn't want to have another guest who can't hear everything because I can hear perfectly. You know, I mean, I need to hear everything perfectly. Do we even need headsets? Kind of, because just for the clips mainly, um, you know, and I have so many of them today, which I'm totally excited about playing for you. And I don't know, that and combination of things, really. Um, they turned off the water in my building, and I wasn't sure when it was going to come back. Now, they do that, I would say, once a month. They maybe turn off the water for some reason or another to clean the tank. I, You know, I guess this is what they do in New York. Um, they usually turn it off from 9 to 5, and it's always usually the day when the cleaning lady's coming, so I have to tell her to come another day because then the laundry doesn't work. Oh, poor me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Somebody won't be able to do my... I'm going to have to do it myself. But, um, you know, so... But today, for some reason, and I've lived in this building almost 20 years. I'm, I'm pretty sure next year will be my 20th year. I don't like to think about it because it's... Uh, what? You know, how can that be? I mean, when I came in this building, I was a hotshot kid with my own, you know, television show, my own live show. A girlfriend, pocket full of money. I mean, I was pretty sure I was going to move across the street to uh, the really fancy place in about a year and a half. 20 years later, things didn't work out so well. But uh, they've never turned off the water. They turned off the water today at 4 in the morning, and they said it won't come on until 7. And, you know, sorry, I didn't want to invite anybody over if they couldn't use the bathroom. And people are like, no, you can use the bathroom. You just could put a, you get a, you know, gallon of water and you pour it in. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna. The, some, you know, Rachel comes over. Yeah, I mean, I live kind of far in a sense. Even though I live in, live in Midtown, it's it's difficult to get to. And you know, people come over. They they got to use the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, you know, and the funny thing is, every time like, Rachel comes over, like, can I use your bathroom? I'm like, no. I always say no at first. This time, I would actually be like, no, you're kidding. I'm like, no, I'm not. I mean, what kind of guest is that going to be if they can't use the bathroom? They can't even go down to the lobby and use the bathroom. I mean, there's nothing in the building. You know, you can't go down to the dry clean. You can't go to the nail clinic. You know, there's nothing in this particular building where the water is working. So. I can't have somebody come in and have to do that. I mean, I don't mind if I got to, you know, I mean, I hope, I, you know, wait. It turns out the water was working when I got home anyway, but I couldn't be positive. And that's not a good way to have a show when people can't use the bathroom. You remember that time Memo was on the show many early on, like in October, November, and he had to use the bathroom in the middle? I mean, God forbid. I don't know. You know, it just seemed like, uh, you know what, with the headphone situation, I'm going to buy new headphones. I think that's the problem. I was kind of hoping Memo would do the show today because I want to talk about Mexico. I want to talk about this. They don't want these people, so they send them to the United States because the United States is run by stupid people. We have stupid leadership. We have incompetent leadership that doesn't know what it's doing, so we take them. And certainly we do have killers and plenty of other problems coming over. We take them because other countries don't want them. We're like a dumping ground. The United States, Aaron, is like a dumping ground for the world's problems. So That's Donald Trump talking about Mexico. And the border problems. And uh, I don't know. Would I vote for him? I mean, you kind of got to like. You got to like that he's saying, let's do something about the borders. And then on the, on the, which we all know we need because, but then you, you look at, 
the way the country started. You know, when it started, I mean, if you watch The Godfather, there were a lot of jerk-offs that came over here, um, you know, from other places, a lot of killers and a lot of troublemakers that, that we let in here because that's what this country was about. If you watch uh, the other Martin Scorsese when the Gangs of New York, we let a lot of Irish troublemakers here. We let a lot, and then you watch um, Once Upon a Time in America. We let a lot of Jewish troublemakers in. We let killers and problem people in all the time. What are you going to do? If you see Scarface, the same thing. I mean, what are you going to do? Even if we had a border patrol, I mean, they can bullshit their way in. We just have to do the best we can, I guess. I mean, they shouldn't be just running into the border and we should be doing it the way we did it. You know, you make a little stop-off point, you ask some questions, you check some health risks. Right? But I like that Donald Trump is just saying what's on his mind and he's trying to get it well. And I mean, listen, I mean, it's almost like he planned this El Chapo's escape from Mexico. I mean, that's crazy. He's talking about it and then this legendary drug lord escapes. I'm sure you've heard about it. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, I don't know whether you've been reading about, I mean, the guy escaped through a cyst, for one, he went through his bathroom, through his shower, into a huge miles long tunnel with ventilation and a motorcycle. I mean, people must have been working on this for years. And, you know, how do you not know? You know, it's, um, it's, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously there's just so much corruption and it's like every movie we've ever seen. It's, it's scary and it's also very entertaining in many ways, you know, until it gets really bad again. But, you know, it's, it's completely interesting that this Mexican drug lord who, you know, is problematic here in the States all of a sudden escapes when Donald Trump is saying, we got a problem with Mexico and then it happens. You know, I mean, you don't want to think about it, but I mean, I don't know. Did he have... I'm sure he didn't have anything to do with it. It's just, wow, that's impeccable timing. But you know what's hilarious about this guy? This guy escaped once before in 2001. I mean, El Chapo. I think it means shorty in Spanish. I think that's what pronounced El Chapo. Um, And now he's threatened to kill Donald Trump. Why wouldn't he? And Donald Trump's beefed up his security. It's pretty scary because this guy's clearly got connections everywhere. They're questioning Mexico. Of course, no, no, there's no way nobody knew. I mean, this isn't like those two idiots from New York where they were screwing some girl and, you know, she got him some clothing. This is an elaborate tunnel that took, you know, that, that almost like the Lincoln Tunnel. It had ventilation. They're like, well, we got to make sure El Chapo's comfortable. It's terrifying in many ways. It's also hilarious because um, I don't know whether you know, but the first time he broke out, <laughs> and this is why you can't really trust Mexican prisons, and he probably should have been locked up here. Although now, I don't know, <laughs> it's just incompetence 101 after the next. Um, he went out in a laundry cart in 2001. You know who did that? We get tricked. 
Yeah. That's um that's how Annie escaped the orphanage through a laundry cart. So this guy maybe he was, you know, watching uh Annie and he's like, you know, here's the nineteen eighty two version. Ooh, they really stepped it up from the movie. Horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. Really gonna pick up. What's up? She sucks. It's a hard knock life for us. Stand a treat and we get treats. Stand a treat and we get treats. It's a hard knock life. That movie sucked. That girl in it sucked. Everything about it sucked. Even the great Carol Burnett sucked. Everybody sucked. That movie sucks. That girl, I was looking her up online because, you know, I'm crazy and obsessed. And um, Sarah and I talk about it all the time. I think she performs in a band called the Leapin' Lizards. This girl, Aiden Quinn, I think her name is. You know, when she was a little girl, now she's older. And uh, I think she performs in this band. I, I kind of want to see it. Why wouldn't I? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. She's got to do a, rend- a, a rendition of Hard Knock Live for tomorrow. I mean, you, how do you... How do you call yourselves the Leaping Lizards? You're obviously saying, yeah, it's me from Annie, I'm not, but I'm not going to do a, like a hard rock version of Tomorrow, because whatever. But that first, the original Broadway cast, that Andrew McArdle, I'm telling you, she was something. She was something. What a power voice that is. And here's the, uh, the Black Annie one. Oh, yeah. You hear it? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, the Jay-Z remix. The Hard Knock Life. Yeah. I like it, though. She sounds okay. I, I, I like it. It's got a beat you can dance to. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I don't. Am I crazy? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Everybody likes that song. I mean, uh, you know, as gay as it is, everybody likes that song. Even I think, didn't somebody redo it? Like, like. He did he, or did he you know use the the background as a as a sampling you know, um, and the funny thing is is uh, what sometimes I go down to this uh, well you know we, I think we already know what's going on here sometimes I go down to this uh, piano club years I haven't been there in years it's called Marie's Crisis downtown in the West Village and before it got like more popular it was like kind of fun because it was just mostly you know, gay guys and, and girls. So it was actually a pretty good place to meet women, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're if you man enough. <laughs> Quote, it's quotes. Um, and this guy who plays the piano, and I assume he's still there, he just does, you know, all these shows, stuff I've never heard of, and there's a bunch of guys there that they know these songs, and you're like, oh, I'm bored, I'm bored. But then you get into stuff you know, like he's, he does five songs from each thing, or like Gypsy, or chorus line and he always ends with Annie because then he always plays It's a Hard Knock Life and then there's always like one gay guy that 
you know, is allowed to sing like, you'll stay here till this place shines like the top of the Chrysler building. I think I can get that too. Let's see. It's not worth uh, going. I, I, I could find. Oh, no, you're not sitting on that paper. Um, but yeah, there's always one guy that just has that thing, and then he ends with uh, tomorrow, and then he takes a break, and it's like a, it's a rousing rendition. This place is great because it's really tiny. It's in the West Village, and like sometimes, like there's one window, and when it snows, it, it feels like it might like you could be in old New York, which I'm like kind of obsessed with where, you know, you don't see any cars going and you just see white. And once in a while, you see a horse with a carriage. I mean, it's so weird because that place was probably open in the 1800s or something. I kind of like that stuff. But um, anyway, you know, let me tell you something. You're not going to see a lot of podcasts. This podcast should be the greatest podcast of all time. You're not going to get a lot of podcasts that can somehow find a way to take the escape of a Mexican drug lord in a prison and somehow turn it into, well, it reminds me when Annie got out of prison. I'm a, what is the matter with me? I'm clearly out of my mind. I'm out of my mind. I'm an idiot. Whatever. Anyway, the thing I played at the top of the show was from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yesterday, yesterday, they released the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Harper Lee, the writer, her only book, released a sequel yesterday. It's flying off the shelves. I mean, it's selling really, like I can actually say, like hotcakes. I mean, it's like, it's insane. People are going to the stores. The public library ordered a whole bunch of copies. It's like one of the most important books of our time. And... They released a chapter, and it turns out that Atticus Finch... I, I got that right, right? <laughs> Atticus Finch is in this new book, which is called um, Go Set a Watchman. He's, he's developed racist views, which is... You know, he becomes kind of a bigot, which is completely interesting and... Scout finds out that her father attended a Ku Klux Klan meeting and rails against desegregation. And it's interesting because this guy was the, you know, the, the, the champion of being colorblind. And now they write this book. Now, now here's the thing, and I don't know whether I have this information correct, but from what I'm to understand, she wrote this book years before To Kill a Mockingbird. And her editor suggested revising it so many times and then she was just like, ah, forget it. Then she's like, tell the story from the child's perspective. So then she just wrote another book and it was left in a safety deposit box and she's still alive, this Harper Lee, but people are feeling that she's getting taken advantage of because she's a little old and she's out of it. I think she's like 89. And um, something like her sister, yeah, it was uh, her like, sister or lawyer or something found that in a safety deposit back with possibly a third one and it's uh kind of interesting you know the whole thing the whole story is fascinating you know that to kill a mockingbird such a she's a recluse you know she doesn't like to talk about it she doesn't like to be interviewed there's one documentary which i actually saw which was pretty good 
uh, about her. Like, I think she talked for this one documentary. And it's completely, you know, her story is interesting. And then just the the book is interesting too that it you know that it, I mean, what does this mean what does it mean for the people that liked the first book does it spoil does it hurt her reputation uh, nobody knows nobody knows what's going to happen people are reading it today they're reading it today at bookstores they, you know we'll have more information like next week on you know the reviews and what people think I mean, I mean obviously I'll be like yeah I can't wait to read it I, I, I think we all know uh, yeah I'm not going to do that because I you know I got to I gotta go see the show uh, first, uh, the Broadway show. If they ever make a musical of it, I'll see that. But I don't read, and I certainly don't read fast, so that's not going to be good for me. But um, let me just. Um, but again, my mind works in such fucked up ways. Such fucked up ways. I want to. I have so many clips today. I gotta go through it. Um, this is the scene we played at the beginning, just really quick. And so. A quiet, humble, respectable Negro who has had the unmitigated... All right, so that's the clip, right? So this reminds me, for some reason, of uh, one of the greats, uh, Joe Flaherty, in uh, Second City TV, uh, playing Gregory Peck in Taxi Driver. Coming soon to SCTV, Taxi Driver, starring Gregory Peck. Excuse me. Are you speaking to me? Yes, you, buddy. I'm talking to you. Were you talking to me? <laughs> so good. I'm asking you a... I beg your pardon. What did you say? What did you call me? Oh, I am, am I? I'll blast you to smithereens. You cheap punk. Don't ever say that about me again. Gregory Peck in Taxi Driver, Thursday at 9 on SCTV. I like it because he's got all the pauses in and stuff because, you know, if you listen to that clip, he he really uh, goes for it. He really takes his time in that courtroom scene. It's uh, it's, it's Sometimes when I was little, it's a very hard movie to watch because it's a little slow. But uh, when you're older, you, say, you realize how important it is and how interesting. Um, so a lot of people have died uh, since... Not a lot of people, but the guy, uh, Omar Sharif, died. I really couldn't care less. I don't know why I brought it up, actually, but, um, I, you know, I was just doing some wrong. I'm like, well, should I talk about this at all? And then I found some interesting stuff. Now, this was, uh, you know, his famous movie is Dr. Zhivago. I, I think that's a bag of crap movie. I mean, listen, this is the famous music from Dr. Schwab. Who cares? I've, I've only seen bits and pieces, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't get it. It's a stupid song, too. Everything about it kind of sucks. But um, he was like an Egyptian guy. And he wasn't really in anything else but that and Lawrence of Arabia. But he was in like a hundred Egyptian movies. However, because in 1968, he shared a kiss with Barbara Streisand, Barbara Jewstand, uh, in Funny Girl in 1968, his films were banned in Egypt because he kissed a Jew. How do you like these Egyptians, these motherfuckers? Bunch of dicks. 
That's why I didn't feel that bad about Paris Hilton. What are you doing in Egypt? What are you doing in Egypt anyway? They're banning his films. He kissed a Jew. Are you kidding me? I know that was 68, but I think we all know, even in 2015, same story. They're trying. They're trying to rebel, but they'll never rebel again. They can rebel against the government all they want, but they still hate the Jews. And look at their society. It's a bag of crap because they suck. How about that? Then, anyway, then there was like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I have no reason for this. I was thinking, about, I didn't know he was in Funny Girl, and I can't sit through that movie. I don't know what it is. I don't care. I know it's about Fanny Bryce or something like that, Barbara Streisand. I think she won an Oscar for it, too. Pretty sure. I believe that was the year, and this is totally off memory, that she tied with Katherine Hepburn for something. Maybe Lion in Winter? I don't, did I have that right? I don't know. But... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she won an Oscar for it. She tied. I don't know why they don't do that more often. It's such an easy way to make everybody happy. But um, so then there was a sequel that he was in called Funny Lady in 1975. Now, when I was looking it up, that there was a sequel, you know, couldn't care less. Um, the sequel, Funny Lady, which, you know, no one cares at... It was the seventh highest grossing picture of 1975. I was, I don't know why, I was completely fascinated by it. I don't know why. The, the seventh highest grossing picture. And then I was looking, I mean, it's, you know, it's completely fascinating. So what's the highest grossing picture of 1975? Jaws. Jaws blew everything away. It's uh, now made $260 million. But the second highest grossing movie of 1975, which, um, you know, like for, I'm sorry, I'm just going over, like Jaws made $7 million, I think it's opening weekend, which is, you know, for back then. That, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous number. You know, now everything makes $100 million or, or more, and if it doesn't, in the opening weekend, they've done something wrong. So that was huge. And, you know, 260 is from 40 years of, you know, playing it and DVR probably, st- or, you know, DVDs, stuff like that, maybe. Um, but number two, the second highest grossing movie of 1975 is this one. Yeah, it's Meatloaf. It's uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? What? That's a legendary one of the one of the legendary box office bombs of all time. But with all the midnight showings that's never left the theaters since 1975 and DVDs and all the nonsense, it moved up to number two. The highest grossing movie of 1975. 
in its first weekend, remember what I told you about Jaws? It made $7 million. In its first weekend, Rocky Horror made $21,000. I just took out a loan for that. You know, $21,000. That's all it made. I mean, I could probably make a movie for $21,000. I think I did. I think my Cars movie cost $15,000. And it shows. So it 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 made up it went up to a hundred and twelve million dollars because of all the you know, just for its legendary status of cult status. I mean they never would have saw that coming when they first made it, you know. So I, I I find that to be completely fascinating. It made more money at this point than one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which won Best Picture. Jack Nicholson won best best actor. Dog Day Afternoon was fourth. That particular year, 75 Shampoo with Warren Beatty and I think Julie Christie from Dr. Zhivago. The Return of the Pink Panther, then Funny Lady. Then you ready for this? You ready for this? Number eight, The Apple Dumpling Gang. What? With Tim Conway and Don Knotts. Fascinating. I don't know. Fascinating for me. But that Rocky Horror thing, I can't even believe that. How did it make all that money? But I was watching it the other night. It was just on cable. It's completely fascinating watching it. You know, um, just, you know, knowing... I'm trying to think of watching it just in the theater without all the, you know, all the the people that yell stuff out, which I got to say is so awesome. I mean, you know, if you've ever gone and, you know, I went right at the right time. I went probably around 1980. 80 or 81 you know it was just five years old and they were already you know 1980 is when uh you know they if the, the movie fame they go to the rocky horror picture show to really perfect depiction of of how it was uh with everybody yelling all the time stuff out like i heard i was going online i was looking for some clips and i saw like one guy recorded stuff like oh, this is from nebraska you know last year and everybody's just yelling stuff out but the way it was, at least when I went, and when you watch, you know, if you can watch the clip from the movie Fame, it's all timed. Everybody's saying the same line. And, you know, these are lines that are not in the film. They're made up by, by people. You know, like, you know, like, Brad, you're an asshole or whatever. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when they chop up uh, meatloaf, they're like, they open it up and it's, it's meatloaf, you know, whatever it is. It's completely fascinating, you know, putting the newspaper on your head with the rain when they go out in the car. I got to say, that was one of the most interesting times I ever had. I was afraid to see the movie because I was so, I was 15 and I was very hidden, you know. I didn't even see a rated R movie until I was 15. So I, I, I was a, you know, protected kid. And I was very nervous about it. I'm like, what, what is that? What, what's going on? You know, and then they kept, you know, outing me in the place as a virgin and, you know, I wasn't sure which aspect they were talking about, but apparently if you haven't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you're virgin, you know, if you haven't seen it in, the, in this capacity. And I think they still do it. I don't know if it's still cool, but... And uh, you know what's even extra funny? The girl I took to the prom is actually in the movie fame, in the Rocky Horror scene. On the album, you can see her forehead. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. That's the only reason I took her to the prom. I heard she was in the movie Fame. Hello, it's me. I just uh, compared Annie to the Mexican drug lord. You think I'm not going to go with the girl that was in the movie Fame? 
Oh, she didn't like me, but I liked her. She was in fame. <laughs> How about that Rocky Horror Show? Completely fair. That song is amazing, right? That Meatloaf song, it's so good. And like right after that, I guess um, his album came out. You know, the Bad Out of Hell, which is an amazing album. And he really couldn't top it. One and done. He was such an interesting looking guy when you watch that. You know, he's like fat, you know, like Belushi. But he had his unbelievable voice. So he's just so cool. Now he's just kind of gross. Although, again, if he was on this show, I'd probably kiss his ass, of course. <laughs> you know me. Uh, the other person I wanted to talk about who just uh, died yesterday was um, this guy from Cheers. Remember? Marrying you to shut you up so he can take over the corporation. Yes, a gift to her is a wedding present, and oh. now you've spoiled the surprise. Oh, I don't believe you. Honey, listen, you got you got the evidence in your hand right here. If somebody comes out and sees this, you're gonna be guilty too. Yes, well then we must make sure that no one sees it. I remember this one. He's got a a briefcase that's a an automatic shredder, a paper shredder. dance and he was so fucking good in that show he was so good in that show isn't he, he he's so good that's why people love him he was just as good as like alan alden mash you know like that's why people love him he's just so good he's so good in that show boy you really come prepared like he delivers the good comedy lines but that guy who played uh robin colcourt roger reese died and he was only 71 i don't know what died he was always on broadway i think it was just on broadway like le- last week yeah, in fact, I had read that. Um, yeah, he was just on Broadway. They had to, like, kind of, they had to put up all these signs where his dressing room was because he was losing it. It was really sad. Um, I don't know what the show was, but yeah. Oh, The Visit, that one we were talking about with, uh, you know, Cheetah Rivera. So he was just on that, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a little sad. He was really good in Cheers, too. And I had seen him in a Broadway show called The Red Shoes, which my dad made me see. My dad made me see. Where is this coming from? Okay, my dad made me see it. The Red Shoes. For some reason, that was his favorite film. I don't know. My dad was a very strange man, and let me tell you something. It's all coming together on this show. You're getting a lot of information today. It's all coming together. Um... Yesterday, uh, they cha- they had the home run derby. You know, the, or yesterday was the All Star game, and Monday night they had the home run derby. I was having a derby. I was having some wings down at the Lansdowne Road. This is the best wings in the city. They they don't sponsor the show, but I wish they would. And um, anyway, they had the home run derby, and they changed the rules, which was really smart, and it got huge ratings. Got a four point nine. That's huge. Remember, I've told you before, like. The Big Bang Theory gets like, you know, a 2.6. That's huge ratings for like a stupid baseball game where all they're doing is batting. You know, there's no aspect to it. But um, because, but but they made it a new timed format, you know, because they're talking about putting a clock into baseball so the pitchers don't hang around. They got to do it because baseball sucks. It's just too stupid and long. 
and they added a clock so the pitchers so the, they could take as many pitches as they want and you know then it, the time just runs out it used to be where you get 10 outs you know which was, it could go on forever but this guy Todd Frazier won and he did it you know he plays for Cincinnati and that's where the all-star game was so that's pretty exciting winning in your hometown I just mentioned it because um, I don't know why you know it's kind of a sports I mean we're going to go back to sports at some point right now we're just having a good time talking about everything David Letterman did uh, he came out of retirement for a second did a top 10 interesting facts about Donald Trump and um, they're horrible He's so angry that he left because now that Donald Trump's running for president, he was just saying that he was really upset that he left, which is really funny. But here are the top 10 things, and they're horrible. You tell me if I'm crazy. I don't I don't know whether he tried to do them himself. I can't imagine he wouldn't just ask one of his old writers to do this, but these are really bad. And maybe the writers are pissed that they don't have jobs anymore. Number 10, that thing on his head was the gopher from Caddyshack. Ah... Number nine, during sex, Donald Trump calls out his own name. Ah. Number eight, Donald Trump looks like the guy on the lifeboat with the women and children. I don't even, I don't get that one at all. Number seven, he wants to build a wall. How about building a wall around the thing on his head? Once again. Number six, Trump walked away from a moderately successful television show for some delusional bullshit. Oh, no, wait, that's me. All right, now that's funny. Finally... Number five, Donald Trump weighs 240 pounds, 250 with cologne. That's all right. Number four, Trump would like all Americans to know that that thing on his head is free range. You know, how many hair jokes can you can you do? Number three, if president instead of party, see if I get this right, if president instead of pardoning a turkey on Thanksgiving, he plans to evict the family on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's tied with that's not a hairdo it's a wind advisory these are horrible right I'm not crazy number two Donald Trump is pissed off so many Mexicans that he's starring in a movie called No Amigos that's that's not good either and the number one reason what's so interesting about Donald Trump thanks to Donald Trump the Republican mascot is also an ass that's not bad it's not bad. It's still not the quality we've been used to come by by his top 10 and certainly that awesome top 10 with all the celebrities on his last night. So it was lame. Um, yeah, I'm just going over a bunch of stuff that I had, like uh, especially last week that I didn't get to. or So we can make a clean show next week. I'm going to purchase some new headphones. I'm going to purchase this thing where I can take it on the road so I don't have to do it in the apartment. You know, it's just a little box, but it costs like three or $400. And then we can do the show anywhere. You know, then maybe I'll do that web thing again. I'm just not, you know, whatever. This contraption I have, it's very large and it's hooked up to my desktop computer that's still a, a Vista, a Windows Vista. Because, <laughs> I'm, you know, that's where I do all my porn stuff. I don't want to change it. Probably shouldn't have mentioned that, though. Um, who am I, Jared <laughs> from Subway? Um, the last week, I, I never got to it, but I just wanted to talk about Ben, ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. And you know I hate Ben Affleck. I hate Ben Affleck. I don't like his acting. I don't really care for him as a person. And I hated what really solidified it was 
him marrying Jennifer Garner and ruining Alias. And I've mentioned this on the show already. In fact, here's me talking about how much I can't stand Ben Affleck. Right? Yeah. The show would go downhill. It would be over. This is what this jerk-off Ben Affleck did to us who worshipped Alias, the TV show. <laughs> this asswipe impregnated Jennifer Garner, which, again, I wanted to do in the t- after the show was concluded the proper way. Uh, and and then so then she got pregnant she's pregnant they have to put it into the fucking show and she's trying to kick ass while she's pregnant it becomes uncomfortable and the show the ratings fall the show ends thanks to this jerk off who now we know whose grandparents own fucking slaves you fucking asshole Ben Affleck fuck you wow I was very angry Boy, I really hate that. Yeah, because then when we found out that his ancestors owned slaves, well, everybody's ancestors owned slaves, but he tried to cover it up in this documentary, and that makes him even more of a dick. And now they're getting divorced. Why? Because he's been cheating on her. What a dick. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. He's cheating on Jennifer Garner. She's so hot. He ruined Elias, and now he's ruined her, and he's deflowered her. I think they have like three kids. She still looks good, though. And he is a dick. As I said, I really wanted to get a hold of Jennifer Garner before this happened that day and be like, you don't want to marry this guy. He's a troublemaker. He's a complete tool. He's horrible. But meanwhile, this tool, you know, wins Best Director. He's, he's, it's like so painful. So I just watched Gone Girl, as I think I said last week, and um, he was pretty good at it, though, you know? So. <laughs> Well, he was, you know. <laughs> I hate that he's playing Batman now. Oh, my God. I can't stand this guy. So I just wanted to say I was there from the beginning. If Jennifer Garner wants to come on this show and plead her case of why Dave Juskow was correct and she should have listened, I, I welcome you to come onto this panel. It will be me, you, and Selena. Do you have a problem with that panel? I don't think there will be any... Uh, questions that will be bad for you to answer and last week we talked about Jason Pierre Paul with the fireworks and what a dick he was because he's got 60 million dollars well it turns out his finger had to be amputated they had to amputate amputate that's terrifying that word amputate is terrifying that's the stuff they do in like you know the war in like 1800s Oh, my God. They had to amputate his finger because he's an idiot. So can he still play football? He's not an offensive guy. So I guess he could. He's just a defensive guy. But, you know, I say the Giants teach him a lesson and just let him go. Fuck him. You're going to do something stupid to ruin the organization and, you know, ruin your career. I think as a defensive guy, you can probably play without a finger, but... It's weird. What an idiot. Can you imagine they had to amputate it? In this day and age, there was no way to put it back. That's messed up. That almost happened to Jimmy Fallon. Apparently, like, uh, today, I think he just got out of the the hospital. They were both there for 10 days, but Jimmy didn't have to be amputated. I think they were able to get it back on from getting something from his foot. It was just as bad. I don't... We don't... We're not... Uh, he said he fell on a carpet and something. It's all weird. It's almost as if... Uh, you know, my accident on the glass table sounds just like a freakish thing where it's like I think his pinky or something was about to come off. So, ugh, I don't like talking about it. 
freaks me out. Also, last week, we were talking about how angry I was about the women's soccer team parade. Well, let me tell you this. Old man Juskow hates parades because, you know, they they bother me. Well, this one, I'm going to reverse my opinion and the anger of having another stupid parade because apparently it was like everybody was well-behaved. They were all like young girls and they were just having a good time. Everybody said there was like, first of all, they said the fans left 29.6 tons of debris. 29.6 tons of debris. Are you ready for this? That makes it the cleanest parade in 17 years. <laughs> the least amount of trash since astronaut John Glenn's 1998 parade, which left 12.9 tons. That's nothing. Now, the Yankees, in their 1999 World Series parade, left the most at 57.4 tons, and the Giants left 34.9. I mean, every, all the bar people were saying, like, you know, everybody was really, even though we know it brings in a lot of money and stuff, it's a disaster. People are crazy and drunk and horrible, and, you know, with the Yankees and the Giants, this was like, everybody was nice. They just came in to eat. It was, it was like, this was a good parade. I like that. I like that these little girls were there to welcome their heroes and and they behaved. I don't know. I mean, I know it sounds like an old man, like can't everybody behave, but I'm around. You're not there. I mean, some of you are, but you know, if you're listening to somewhere, it's the St. Patrick's Day parade. It's it's a disaster. It's a mess. I mean, it's just horrible. I mean, everybody's so hammered. And it's just so horrible. And mostly for me, as you know, I don't care. I can stay in my house and I don't have to worry. But when it bothers me, when it, you know, it affects me going to work or it affects, you know, I can't get my car out of the garage. It drives me crazy. There's always green vomit everywhere. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. And I don't understand, you know, sometimes I'm out there at 830 in the morning. Everybody's completely plastered already. That's kind of cool. What am I talking about? I fucking love doing that. I don't think I affect anybody when I'm just going to the Meadowlands and getting drunk. I don't know. Old Man Juskow. Now, Old Man Juskow is... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I want to tell you this one thing before I get out of this thing. I uh, just read in the paper today. Woody Allen and Soon Yi, his wife, were seen dining at Set Mezzo, I don't know how to pronounce it, on the Upper East Side with actor Tony Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't be more thrilled that Woody Allen and Tony Roberts are talking again. I don't even know there's a rift or anything. You know, Woody Allen and Tony Roberts made like seven movies together. You know I love Tony Roberts. I'm, I'm not doing that a petition now, but let's see if I can do it because I was doing the radio guy. It's like this. Max, come to California. We'll play tennis outdoors every day. There it is. Um, yeah, I love Tony Roberts. Um, twins, Max. Can you imagine the multiple possibilities of that? The mathematical possibilities. If she comes over here, I'll turn into guacamole. I'm only doing Annie Hall. But I can do others. And I remember after uh, the last one they did together, maybe Midsummer Night Sex Comedy, they didn't do a couple films for a while. And he's like, Woody, please call me. He said that in an interview. And then he was in, I think the last one he was in was Hannah and Her Sisters. He had a very small part. But, uh, oh, my God, he's so brilliant in Annie Hall. I, do, I can do every line that he was in. Max, California, it's where it's at. There's no crime. There's no garbage. You know, because they put their garbage in the television shows. Max, I've got a hit TV series. 
Uh, now give me a medium-sized chuckle right here. <laughs> All right, now make that into a big laugh. Jeez, you, do, do they booing on that thing? Max, please, I've got a hit TV show. <laughs> I did Shakespeare in the park, Max. I was doing Richard III, and two thugs stole my leotards. So, you know, I could technically... I can do a My Dinner with Andre kind of thing with Woody Allen and Tony Roberts that day and, and then racistly add in like, oh, you two are very funny, Asunye. Uh <laughs> Thanks, folks. I'm here all week. Like, Jeez, you know, it's really great. You want, you want, some, uh, you want some cheese with that? Waiter, waiter, can we, just, can we get some pepper? Uh, you know, I've, I've stopped eating pepper. I, I don't, uh, it, it seems to uh, affect my tongue, interestingly. I get a little numb sensation, really, you know. I know what you're talking about because, you know, for a while I was getting that with um, teriyaki sauce. I was getting that. Don't say anything soon. You're like, was not going to say nothing about the teriyaki sauce. Um, Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. I was wondering, how did you two meet? I haven't seen you in a while. Well, that's, uh, I probably, you didn't read in the papers or anything? No, I was, uh, it's an interesting question. I was just wondering because you're so... Uh, different and um, so far apart in age. Uh, how did you actually meet? Well, uh, Mr. Woody, my father, and I'm his daughter. Uh, let me just see if I have this straight. Now, what? Here's what I thought I heard you say, but I I must have been chewing too loud. You're her father, and and she's uh, the, the the daughter. Am I getting this? Because I think I must have misunderstood. That's pretty much you know. <clears throat> Wait, time. You know, not so much in many words, you know, but... No, exactly how happened father seduced me when I was his daughter and we live happily ever after. I... Uh, wait, check, please, waiter. Um... <laughs> uh... <laughs> that's pretty funny, right? <laughs> how have I never done that before? Because it's stupid and nobody else would care except you and me, my audience. <laughs> I want to do more. Uh, let me just see if I have this straight. Now, she was living in a garbage can, you're saying, and then you adopted her. What does Mia think of all this? Mia's not, not, not happy. In fact, um, apparently she says I even... You know, molested a different daughter. <laughs> if you can believe it, it's just kind of piling on. It's not good. Oh, oh, uh, I did read about that. I hadn't read about the other one. I was on Mars, apparently. Well, Woody, I mean, the important thing is that you're doing quality work and uh, that you want me to be in some stuff. You know, it's a shame what they're doing to Bill Cosby now. You know, I was thinking about that after you're telling me this, and I mean, if as long as you're happy, I mean, why shouldn't Bill Cosby be happy? I really feel that all guys should really just do whatever they want to do. Don't you think so? Hello? Hello? Woody? No, I'm, I'm here. I'm in complete agreement. Because, well, now, wait a second, fellas. Now, now you married your daughter. Now, that's brilliant. Why didn't I marry one of my television daughters? I could, oh, man, that's where I messed up. I sort of just gone out with some of my TV daughters or just my own daughters. Man, who gives a shit, really? I mean, I just... 
wasting my time. It didn't even occur to me. They're already in love with me in a different way. I mean, why not just go the whole way? That, uh, Bill Cosby, oh my God, everybody's, it's over. Whoopi Goldberg, finally, this idiot, finally reversed her stance on the, on the view yesterday. She was like, um, I might have been, he might be guilty. What a dick. But I understand, I mean, you can't, you should just shut up and tell all the opinions. That's why with Rachel, I said yesterday, I said, can we can we hop on this now? Because you want to get all the facts straight. But it's a, Obama's now going like, um, yeah, it's it's rape. If you drug someone and and then you take advantage of them, they're not consensual. Yeah, it's rape. You had to you had to say it that way. I don't know why. I don't know whether he's just sticking up because they're both black. Seriously, I mean, I I don't know what the problem is here. Uh, but it's really over for Bill Cosby. I think. I mean, I think finally. I mean, it just what a mess. I mean, this guy. I mean, he's probably going to go to prison. Or do you think he can pull an OJ and he has so much money he can just get out of it somehow or think maybe there's statute of limitations or something? Now, I know you guys are looking at me funny because um, I'm I'm TV's dad, but I'd prefer it not in the ass, if you don't mind. I just, I'll take it in the mouth, but the ass is just for the Jell-O pudding pops. This is <laughs> the people... I love you guys. This I've been love. You remember the Fat Albert show? Yeah, I remember. You took it off the air. Oh yeah, that's right. I, cause I, the show I made, I thought was for little boy. This is gonna be a long prison stance. He <laughs> with the with the bitty in the. Bitty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need a medium-sized chuckle right here, boy. I'm pulling out all the imita- all the imitations today. This is great. This is the best show ever. I get so much more material. I get so much more material. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. Because I want to do so... Oh, man. I want to do so much more. I want to do this whole thing on uh, something. But I think I'll... I'll wait. Maybe I'll bring this uh, guy in next week and then we'll talk about this. You know, I think I'll wait for this. It's very exciting for me. Because there's more music involved and we can play it. But... um, Let's... Yeah. You know what I want to talk about? And this is really funny. Um... Last week, I, I just bought tickets to Finding Neverland for my niece. I told you I'm going next this week. And, uh, oh, my God, $300. $300 for two tickets. 300 bucks. You know, when we get upset about the price of a movie, you know, don't. Because it's a stupid play. $300, are you kidding me? Who the hell can afford that? But so anyway, so this guy, this Long Island lacrosse player, he was at this Broadway show called Hand to God, and he was so drunk, he went to go plug his phone in on the stage. <laughs> he like walked up the stairs and he was plugging in his phone. It's like funny because I kind of get it. I'm like, well, there's a socket right. There's got to be a socket right there. They don't mind if I just put my thing there. And it's really funny. So then, you know, he got trouble i guess and you know hopefully security did something and then he apologized to the actors but then he also said you know the audience members should be able to use their phones during performances because they're paying to see the show i don't think it should be that big a deal the actors should focus on something else that's what he said after what a complete dick and yet in a way 
when you're paying $300, maybe you should be able to use your phone, you know? I mean, obviously, as a patron of the theater, I'm furious. I mean, when I see a fucking light on, I turn my phone off, I put it in my pocket. I'm there. I can turn it on during intermission, but I always put it off. I don't even have the vibrate on or anything because it's rude to other people. When you see that screen light, it's annoying. I get his point, but you've also paid $300 the opposite way, and you don't want to see somebody texting on their phone. So, Patty Lapone, legendary for getting angry at all audience members. In fact, here's a clip. If you listen to Howard Stern, you've heard this clip before. She stops the show when she's doing Gypsy. Because this guy just kept taking pictures and she just stopped the show. And, uh, you know, you have to, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure she probably was like that. But in the back of your mind, are you thinking maybe they're like, hey, we need to do something to drum up some publicity, you know? Because <laughs> then I, I like it when they go back to what they're doing. about how much the crowd is so into it now like they're like wow we just saw this great thing now that's worth 300 bucks if the star is going to stop the show and do that and that's what she did last week also she saw a guy texting in the audience she does a show called shows for days and it's about a like a community theater stuff and apparently she has a scene where she does usually interact with an audience member in a, in a silent bit somebody in the front row but she had seen this woman constantly texting and she went over and just completely took her phone the woman didn't even know what was happening she shook her hand with one hand and took her phone in the other and and just gave it i don't even know she 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 said she was texting through the entire first act and um and i i don't know if she gave it no i think she gave it back to the management but she didn't give it back to her uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it how it worked where it ended, but she didn't give it back. She, I mean, they they made the management give it back or something. But can you imagine just texting? Well, I mean, it's just I get if you don't like the show, let alone just just paid one hundred and fifty dollars to go. I don't know why you'd be texting, but do you understand that it's ruining it for other people too? Because your the light is on. If there was no light, like a like a Kindle or something, maybe that would be different. But so it's pretty cool. She just she's pretty badass i love that guy that just went on stage and plugged his phone in though that's hilarious i don't know then there was uh, a guy in the uh this guy jonathan groff who um in hamilton he called madonna a bitch for texting for almost the entire show he said you couldn't miss it from the stage because a lot of times and i've said this before when a celebrity's in the audience they know it they know where they're sitting because a lot of them have gotten them the tickets like when i saw uh, this is our youth with Michael Sarah. I was sitting with Sarah, 
and he knew exactly where she was because she wanted to cut out because she you know, I couldn't blame her. She had just done Saturday Night Live the night before. We're out all night. And he, you know, he wasn't looking at her during the show. Maybe he was. Who knows? He was probably checking. But he definitely was looking immediately as the curtain call went. I'm like, you can't go now. He just saw you. You know, he, he can't wait for you to come back. So, you know, it's like he, the guy says, he's like, it was a black void of the audience in front of us. And then her face there perfectly lit by the light of her phone. Madonna. Can you imagine this whore doing something like that? You know how mad she'd be if somebody was doing that at her show. That's pretty uncool, right? I don't know. Am I crazy? I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy, right? Um, you know what's uh, what's not crazy is uh, this. Yeah. It's the hard knock life for us. It's the hard knock life for us. And then that. El Chapo is like watching it. He's like, the laundry cart, eh? I'm going to give that a try. It's very smart. And that, you know, the uh, Miss USA pageant, they uh, got no ratings because they moved it to the Reels channel. It's great for the Reels channel, but it didn't get the stuff that NBC usually gets. Well, you know, I, I mean, I like I said, I have a lot more topics, but um, I don't want to. I don't know. I want to bring on a guest and talk about it with them. You know, I'll just mention this one: the new thin Oreo. Are they kidding? I'm so angry at the Oreo company because the double stuffed Oreos. I think they don't put as much stuff as they used to in the '70s. I need a triple stuffed Oreo. That's all I like is the cream. I don't care for the cookies. When people would twist them and then they'd eat the cookie, I'd throw out the cookie. I just want the lard. <laughs> I want double stuff. I want triple stuff. A thinner Oreo is not going to do it for me. They have it all wrong. Don't make a thinner Oreo. We know what we're getting into when we eat Oreos. We're eating badly for that particular moment. We don't need a thinner calorie conscious Oreo. It's the same with you stupid Girl Scouts. You're, you stupid, whorish Girl Scouts and your dumb cookies. Don't make them healthy. It's once a year. We treat ourselves. You start making it the way they used to with lots of cream and lots of filling and lots of calories. We eat them once a year. We want to be bad. Am I right? No, I'm not so tough when that music goes off. Uh, what are you? You know, you're not so tough when the music goes off. Yeah, it's because, you know, I married my daughter. Um, <laughs> I think, you know what I'm going to leave with today? Instead of my usual end of music? I love this song. Hot Patootie, it's called. <laughs> you know, I knew the other lyrics, and I didn't know the name of the song was called Hot Patootie for a long time. Commit to my life. I thought I was divine. This song is so awesome. Meatloaf was kind of the shit. You know, I think I can get him for this show. I think my friend manages him. That'd be an interesting guest, huh? But this show's been a very strange show. It's been kind of brilliant at times. And it's been really all over the place and weird. That's all right. 
Every show's supposed to be different. Anyway, I think that's the show for this week. I hope you liked it. It's the middle of July. We're almost at football season. It's all exciting. I kind of like doing the topics, talking about nonsense. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I'll get some new equipment. We'll have some more guests. Everything's going to be great. The coming months. You know you love it. It's the Dave Jeskow Show, and it's going to live forever. We'll see you next time on the podcast.